0: But this morning, <clears throat> I felt a little title. Unusual preach this one, this morning. But it's, the title is, The Day That Everything Changed. The Day That Everything Changed. And as I said, uh, when I met Dennis and his family on Friday night, it was a divine appointment. And we're going to look briefly this morning at a divine appointment from the book of Acts. So if you've got your Bibles, please turn or your screen. <laughs> please flick your screen to Acts chapter 8, and we're going to read um, from verse 26, Acts chapter 8, verse 26, and this is a great, exciting, divine appointment, when, for a certain man, everything changed, okay, so, I'm reading from the English Standard Version, Acts chapter 8, verse 26. And a little title in my Bible says, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go towards the south, to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning. Seated in his chariot, he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, I love this, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him. And he heard him reading Isaiah the prophet. And Philip asked, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I? Unless someone guides me. And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep. He was led to the slaughter." And like a lamb before its shearers is silent. So he opens on his mouth. In In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom I ask, does the prophet say this? About himself? or somewhere else. Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning with this scripture he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road they came to some water and the eunuch said see here is water what prevents me from being baptized. And he commanded the chariot to stop. And they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and went on his joy. Notice this went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, and as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns. Until he came to Caesarea, just bow your heads a sec. Father, we want to thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth. Thank you, Lord. This word is a lamp, and a guide to our very lives. And Father, we build on your word. I thank you that every word is inspired of you, and it has a purpose. And I pray, Lord, this morning, as we come to this time now, that, Holy Spirit, you will open the eyes. You will almost switch the light on in hearts this morning to understand, just like the eunuch said, that people may understand what it means to be a Christian. I ask that in your wonderful name, Jesus. Amen. So just to give you a little bit of context to this story. Are you any all right? Is it... Um, some characters here. Philip. Now, anyone heard of Philip in the Bible? So Philip, let me tell you a little bit about him. In Acts chapter 6, you'll read, in Jerusalem, guess what? The church was growing. And it started to expand. Now, how many people know, when the church grows, it creates a few hassles. We want the church to grow, but it it changes things, right? So in those days, they had like a, a feeding program for the Jewish widows and whatnot. And anyways, people started to get left out and stuff. So the apostles, that's the guys who Jesus chose, started to get distracted from preaching the word. And they started being on the food program. Now the food program's great. We have the storehouse, don't we? And that's a great food, that's a great program which we're using already into our communities. But what happened was, the word of God began to get a little bit distracted. So they said, this isn't a good thing. So, we need to appoint some guys who can take care of all this. So, Philip and seven of well, six of us, were seven of them, they were called deacons. Have you heard of deacons before? know, in a Baptist church, I've heard of deacons. All deacons mean is servant. So, these servants were, the, were there. But do you know what? They weren't just, oh, well, you know what I mean? It's, it, listen, it's not graded Christianity. Oh, well, they're just, they're just serve the tables. Don't see it like that. Because if you read Acts 6 in the background, it says there was something about these men. They were full of the Holy Spirit and faith and wisdom. And they were ministries. And anyway, one of them is called Stephen. If you had a first martyr after Jesus, he was going about doing miracles, serving tables, but doing amazing things. And he's martyred, lost his life. But one of his mates is this guy, Philip. And this story is phenomenal. It's a divine appointment. Let's just go back, look at the text. Verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord. Have you ever seen an angel of the Lord? Anyone seen one? Not knowingly, I like it, Gail. You probably have. You, don't, you won't know. I could tell you stories about my former career. When angels asked me later, I'll tell you some real, true stories when I believe an angel helped me out. They just look like an ordinary person. Now, this one, I think it's the angel. He must have known. It must have been a bit of a divine encounter because he knew it was God. But he said to him, look, he said, he said look, rise and go south towards the road from Jerusalem to God. Have you ever had an impression like that? You know, when you think, I need to go to this house. It happened to me once in Scotland. It was absolutely chucking it down with rain. and Me and my friend were doing some outreach. We were going to go and knock some doors and stuff like that. And we didn't. We just decided to pray. Oh, it's too bad, Scottish. Did anyone see Scottish weather? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we just prayed. And I got an impression. You need to go to that house. I went to this house, right? He said, what are we doing? I said, I thought we were just going to pray. I said, no, we need to. I really sense. I said, we need to just. So we pull the car up. Now, has anyone ever shared the gospel on the doors? And they're all thinking, oh gosh, that's a frightening thought. So right, we get to the doors, this door, and we knock on it. And you know, you can get all sorts of responses, can't you? And we were in our 20s then. Only a few years ago, wasn't it wasn't <laughs> long. <laughs> and this door opens. And this lady comes to the door and she says, hello. I says, hello. I said, we're from, we're from Covenant Life Church. I said, we're just in, in the area. We're kind of praying. And we thought we'd come and just share it. Uh, our faith, if we do like a question, is that okay? She goes, come in. Well, if anyone's been doing that kind of thing, immediately it's been a bit unusual. Come inside. So we go into this kitchen area. This lady, where I would say she was about, she was, she, she was uh, I would say, middle-aged. And uh, she said, would you like a tea or a coffee? Well, now I'm really kind of thinking, this is unusual. So she said, I, I'll have a coffee so she makes us a drink and we sit down and she says now, now where did you say you're from again a church I said yes we're from she life?"." she said this is amazing she said just 15 minutes ago she said my life's in a mess they lived in a nice, nice it wasn't a it was a nice area she said my life's in a mess she said my husband Alistair is a police sergeant it's at work now she said but our marriage is wrecked, our life is wrecked, and she said, I was upstairs in the bedroom, I was throwing things around in the room in temper, and she said, in this moment, I cried out, God, are you real? I've heard you're real, why don't you prove it? And 15 minutes later, we knocked on the door, and we shared our faith with her, so nothing happened, you know, she said, thank you very much, we drank our tea and left. She came to church probably Sunday on her own. She came along. The week after, she brought a husband. And guess what? They both came to Christ. Now I'm not telling you that to blow my own trumpet because I'm just an ordinary person like you. But I heard something. You see, I heard something. I heard the Holy Spirit say something. I want to say you can do that you don't have to be an extrovert or a it depends you don't have to be a certain t- type of person you can hear, so Philip he heard from the angel oh, go go so this is the important bit so he went <laughs> any ever not there's times when I haven't obeyed you know you get this sense of, oh, no I can't do that but when he speaks so yeah okay so he goes he goes up and that, and if, and that, now, has anyone heard of a, a eunuch? Anyone know what a eunuch is? Yes. Go on, what's a eunuch? Don't be shy. Go on, Rob. There's two definitions, because I love that. Uh, I, I, you, I like it. Go on. <laughs> Number one, it's a man who's been castrated sometimes like the whole world. So that sounds to be like a fun well, and thing. Do you want to take that off the tape? Move that off the tape. <laughs> it, it can also be a commander or a leader. I love it. He's exactly right. That's exactly what I was looking at. Someone who's been, whoop. <coughs> or com- I think I prefer the commander or the leader definition. <laughs> That's uh, yeah, okay. We can sort things out later on. <laughs> um, but this eunuch, so, but looking at the text, it would appear, he's a high up guy, see. So it says, he's, he, he was an official of Candace. So he's, come to, he's obviously a God-fearing guy, right? And he's come to Jerusalem to worship. You see, you can be God-fearing and have a desire and go and be religious and go every week to church and be part of something. But sometimes you can even then not know what it's really about. So he's been to Jerusalem I mean Jerusalem, this beautiful anyone been? I mean I've been I've had the privilege of going. I mean it's the city now, it's it's not as it was then. But it was still this beautiful city. A city, and it literally is sat in a hill. You can't go down to Jerusalem because it's up there. That's why in the Psalms it talks about the ascending. When the tribes went every year for celebration to Jerusalem. This pinnacle of worship in the old covenant. It's interesting, all the way through Jesus' ministry, Those you know, it's three years. They're all a journey to Jerusalem, where he's going to die, be sacrificed for sin. So he, he, he's been to Jerusalem, and he's probably thought, well, I've been to that meeting and nothing happened. Has that ever happened to you when you're searching? You think, I'm going to go and check out this Christian thing? And I went along and, oh, well, I don't know. Didn't, didn't really happen for me. And he's on his way back, and maybe he's bought some scrolls. didn't have books then. Probably it did it certainly didn't have, have a, a what's name? What do you call them? What I'm looking for a what? A tablet. Thanks. <laughs> didn't have a phone. Didn't have an, iP- an iPhone. So he's, he's like not looking through Googling, Googling stuff on the way back. He's actually he's got a, He's got some scrolls would say he's a Jewish guy. He lives in Ethiopia, in Africa. He's on his way home. And he's sat there in his Lamborghini, or his chariot. And he's reading the prophet Isaiah. So Philip's been told to go up to this chariot. See, this is the day everything changes for him. But all of a sudden, he finds himself next to this guy. And he hears, Philip hears this guy's Reading from Isaiah. Now, does anyone know when Isaiah wrote his prophecy before Christ, how long? 700 years, someone said it. 700 years these prophecies were written. And where he's reading from is probably in the Christian church, probably the most famous section. Isaiah 53, which is a suffering Servant. Read it this afternoon if you have time. So he's reading this. Look down what it says. And Philip hears him. Verse 31. And he said to him. Well he said. Verse 30. Do you understand what you're reading? He said. I, I, how can I? Unless someone guides me. This book can be quite complicated. Now for some people they read it. And it comes alive straight away. I know people who've come to Christ. Come to Christ by reading this very book. On their own, in the bedroom or in the house. It's just come alive. And they've responded. But for some people, it says, what what does it mean? You know, people, anyone been on Alpha? Any Alpha course people? See, things like that, explaining. Wonderful course. How can I, unless someone explains it to me. And he says to Philip, look, verse 34. About whom does the prophet say? Is it about himself or someone else? And I love this. I love this next line verse 35 very theological are you ready for it? Philip opened his mouth (laughs) what? is that the end of the sermon? Philip opened his mouth you see when you have a divine appointment and God takes you on a road like this you have to open your mouth And he opened his mouth and he began to share the good news about Jesus. You see, when you read your Old Testament, it's all pointing forwards to Jesus. All the way through, he's on every page if you can see him. Abraham and Isaac, all that story. Joseph, there's parallels. The Bible comes amazingly alive when you begin to see it through through that lens. And he began to say the good news about Jesus, this lamb, who was silent before his accusers. I think I was saying the other week when I preached here. Can you imagine what it was like on that day when Pilate, the puppet leader of Jerusalem, the Roman guy, brought Jesus out? Along with a criminal. Do you remember we said it last week, I think? And Pilate thinks he's in mind, he thinks, This is a no brainer. They'll definitely choose Jesus to be released. And they didn't. And do you know as a Jesus just all the way through his trial? it's his mouth shut. This is God the Son. The creator of heaven and earth, who stood there in the form of a man, beaten and bruised at this stage. Stood there. And at certain points in the narrative, Pirate says, Why are you not sitting? In many words, why aren't you speaking? Don't you know? I have the power to release you. And at that point the Lamb did speak. He said, your power, you have no power if it wasn't given you from my Father above. But Jesus in the main, the Lamb, as is portrayed in Isaiah, he was led to the slaughter. Do you remember that night when they came to arrest him in the garden? And my one of my heroes, Peter, listen, Lord, I'll do anything for you. I'll do whatever you want. I promise you. Jesus smiled and said, Peter, this very night, before the rooster crows three times, you'll deny me three times. No, can you imagine, Peter? This zealous Christian. Do you know any Peters? And of course, they came for him in the garden let him away. let him away. We sang about having hope this morning, didn't it? You put a hope. You put this hope in me. Imagine those disciples, I wonder, they'd forgotten. They forgot at this stage that Jesus had said, Listen, I'm going to be betrayed. And I'm going to be handed over to sinful men. I'm going to crucify. They're going to cru- I'm going to die. And three days later I'm coming back. They forgot that. And he was led away. The lamb was led away. Didn't open his mouth. Just in his humiliation, justice was denied him. This was a a stitch up of a grand design. He was stitched up. Have Have you ever been stitched up? Anyone stitched you up before? This was a almighty stitch up. In every sense of the word. But you see... It was all in the plan I've shared the gospel with people before and they said it's a shame isn't it? you know he was a good guy Jesus wasn't he and they, they kind of got him and they killed him oh it's a shame he was such a nice guy I said no it wasn't really like that it was a divine plan it was a divine plan of the ages that he would come and die for your sin and for mine To keep us from eternal destruction. And I always say this, you know that, every week, because I don't know who's in it, I don't know who'll be here. There are two ways you can go by. You can follow God, know this morning your sins are forgiven. We've done, I mean, what a day! We celebrate life this morning. We've got a cape from Costco in there, we've got written on it celebrate life! Because that's what we're doing today. Celebrate a new life. You can have a new life or you can carry on making, making doing your own. But I tell you, I warn you. I warn you. Heed the words of the gospel this morning. Only one life. It will soon be passed. Only what's done in Christ will last Turn to Christ this morning. He's been knocking on your heart for a while, some people. And you're thinking, May, well, I don't know. Let this be the day you come. Because I'm speaking, but it's it's not really me speaking, folks. <laughs> Save yourself from this corrupt generation that's going to hell. So the eunuch says, Philip opened his mouth, sorry, and he says, beginning with this very scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. You see, you don't have to be on a course, or you don't have to be a, well it's, in the old days, when I was growing up, if you, if you became a Christian, they used to say to you, well we'll see what you like for a bit before we baptise you. We'll see how you're getting on. And I understand that, I understand it. They want a genuine conversion, but do you know what that can put in your mind? I've still got to earn it. I've still, I am I I'm good enough? Am I good enough? You see, once you see who he is and what he's done, you realize, I need I need, I need forgiveness. This lamb has taken my sin. You see, the Bible, all the way through the Old Testament, says this, and it says it in the New. It says it in Hebrews, chapter 9. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. All the way through the Old Testament, it was lambs. Sacrifices. Read all about it. Read all about it. (laughs) But it was all culminating in a lamb. Once for all time. Once you understand and see that, you could get saved this morning. There you go, I'm going to stick my neck out of here. If you became a Christian this morning, let's not waste the water. I'll just go and get changed back into my Liverpool top. And we'll come do it all again. Do you see? Do you get it? Yeah. We baptized people in the bath before at my uncle's who came from the pub. My uncle ran like a house church, right? And people would come at all sorts of days and nights. Sometimes and people would be brought from the pub at night and share the gospel and they come to Christ, right? he say, oh, should we baptize you in the bath? And he baptized people in the bath in Preston in Brook Street in a terraced house. And in the dining room, he says, go in there and get filled with the spirit. That's a normal Christian life. It's not a religious treadmill, folks. (laughs) Yeah. I love this, though. I love it. So the the eunuch says, here's some water. What stops me? What stops you if you know? Nothing. Nothing. So for this guy, this was the day everything changed. He went back to Ethiopia. I wonder what happened to him. I wonder what will happen to Mohammed and Mark from this day. The day everything changed. What about you? Some, some principles in here we're going to look at. I want to say to the church members who you are, you Christians, be a Philip. You're a person. If you're a Christian, you should be full of the Spirit and faith. That's how you should be. It's not just us who do. We do this thing, but we're not professionals. We're all in the game. Be a Philip. Put an ear on the Spirit and be sensitive. And I guarantee he'll use you. And it might be just a sentence with somebody. You might. You might. You might have one of these. You might have one of these where you can explain and they'll come to Christ. I don't know. But don't ever, I'm always saying it, underestimate the power of a what? Someone said it. Thanks, Roger. Never underestimate the power of a seed. Whatever you say, whatever you pray, believe that God will use you and you will see fruit and harvest. But just like Philip, don't forget... Open your mouth, open your mouth, listen for the spirit, obey him, when he says go somewhere, it might be, it might be, you might think this is a bit weird what you're talking about, you get impressions, yeah, you ever heard people say God spoke to me, or you think, "Are are are they crazy? Usually it's an impression. God spoke to me a couple a few weeks ago about this church. And I've said this a few weeks ago. Please don't get worried about we're going to be just doing activity. But the pace is going to change. In the supernatural. I think sense the Lord saying, Come on guys, it's time to start to go up a bit now. It's like when you when you go for a run, you start at a bit of a pace. You just get yourself warm. I said, right? Okay, we're going to be quicker now. And I really sense in our appetite for God. Remember the other week, enlarge the place we talked about of your tent. The expectation. The pace is going to go up because the days are short. We've got to be His people. We've got to be like Philip. Starting to see some divine appointments in the estate at the back of Sainsbury's. I, I drove through there. Have I told you this? I've been for a meeting with, the, on a Thursday we used to have um, Senior Solutions in here. They're lovely people. I love them. They're great. And they contacted us and said, can we, can we consider coming back? So I went to speak to them and said, yes, yes you can. So we're in negotiation And as I left the meeting, I drove into the Southfields estate. You may know Southfields estate. I, dro- I was coming back here. And I drove through, and this heaviness came on me. And I sensed the Lord saying, you need a beachhead in here. You need a beachhead. A beachhead, what do you mean? I mean, like a house. So I started to pray, and I drove around it. <laughs> it was simply before I was in the place. He's <laughs> <It's> the pastor. <laughs> so I started to drive around it and pray. And then I contacted my, my good friend, man of power and for the hour, Roger, who loves to he'll, he'll go with the angels fear to trade. I said, Roger, I think we've some work to do. I'd like to go, like I did in Scotland, I'd like to go and w- pray him. And a divine appointment happened with a, with a family who he knows. Ask us about it later. Something's happening on that estate. Yeah. Oh. Expectation.